Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. Welcome to the PowerCat Podcast, GoPowerCat.com's Kansas State Athletics Show. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, from the GPC Studios, here's your host, GoPowerCat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to another edition of the PowerCat Podcast. That's right, we're back. We're back. Tim Fitzgerald, Zach Carlson, Cole Carmody, Ryan Gills, Gilbert. The whole gang is here and the dogs are being good. They will bark later or shake. One of the two. We appreciate you listening. We appreciate you always clicking the play button. And if you're not subscribing to the podcast, please do so on whatever platform you choose. For most of you, that'd be Apple. Some of you, Spotify. Some of you, like me, are an outlier loves Apple, and yet loves Alexa. Alexa, I love you. Thanks for saying I love you. You're just as sweet as pie. I did not expect this. What is this (laughs) Easter egg? People are so confused right now. I don't know what she just said. That was un- that was an unusual treat right so there. She called herself a trusty AI. Is that what she said? Yeah, that was no, the that's what I heard. I believe. Uh-huh. Well, what's AI stand for? Artificial intelligence. Not that's what book. Gills has. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> We're sponsored Perfect. by the fridge. Hey, uh, look, never mind. Uh, the fridge is where she does all of her shopping for liquor. Because let me tell you. That AI is drunk all the time, all the time. She started uh, talking to me in the past. Like you tell her to turn on a light or something because we got lights and stuff hooked up to it. She would just go like, ding. Now she goes, okay. God, it's obnoxious. Anyhow, what's not obnoxious is the fridge. Stop into the fridge. Talk like Alexa and uh, see if you get something for free. It won't work, but no. I just I like trying to get people to do stupid stuff. It's kind of my goal. And we life. hear back about it. I know. Yeah. yeah, that's okay. I hear back about a lot of stuff. Dying Although I haven't pages. lately. I I feel like I'm I'm crying for help. Nobody is paying attention when I write mean things. I think they've just written me off as the grumpy old guy. Oh, Fitz, he's just grumpy. And let me tell you, folks, I'm not grumpy. I'm just unhappy. Let's get going with the questions from All Bad Station. Cole, you got it? I got, got it. it. You're going to take the wheel? I will. You are the Jesus of this podcast. First question comes from CFI. I said that right, Zach. Nope, CFID. CFID. It's okay. You're close. Uh, how do you see the fans' opinion of the state of the basketball program compared to the actual state of the basketball program? Mm, that's a really good question. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, for me, it's the big donors not showing up, even for weekend games. It tells me all I need to know. And I say big donors, the ones on the east side, west, west side. side. People paying thousands of dollars for seat licenses that are not coming to games. Right. That says an awful lot. I get midweek games, but I also get that if they were good, they would be there. And But they're not showing up on Saturdays either. And we won't see that again until later. And you know, who knows? The team might be dead in the water at that point, or they may have made their surge. Maybe it starts. It needs to start Saturday at Iowa State, but... Uh, I'll just be blunt. I know a lot of really good K-Staters who have told me they're just unplugged. It's not like they want him fired and they're watching the games. They don't care anymore. That is so much worse than being upset while you're at the game. Like a few years ago, a while ago, it was, what, five years ago when Bruce was on the ropes before, some horrible fan started yelling at Bruce at Texas. I saw that video last night. It popped back up. 
And it was awful. Yeah. You don't treat people like that. It was awful. But he paid money to go to the game. So he still had some level of interest mm-hmm. in K-State basketball. I, I got so many friends and so many acquaintances are just done. I mean, they, they don't care anymore. When you let something get to that level, you, you're putting the entire business in peril. Because then you're just inviting them. Go find something else. Go find something else to fill your time. And when we get good, you'll come back. But what if they don't? What if they're like, hey, you know what? Kind of being free of this is all right. I get a lot more done without K-State basketball in my life. Uh, they've let it fester too long. Um, so, yeah, I I actually think that people are underestimating the level of disgust in the fan base. And the students are just loyal. The students are just having a good college experience. But there's frustration amongst the students, too. Let's not... Let's not let's not say that just because that there's a lot of students that show up to the games that they're not they're not frustrated, right? I mean, I don't know if you caught this or not, but uh, there's some specific players. I'll just say it, Davion Bradford, that you could tell students were extremely frustrated with. He checks into the game or he checks out of the game, and you heard some boos. And as somebody who covers this team and as somebody who's paid attention for a while and even as you know if if i were a student i I would not be booing i don't think it's right to ever boo a student athlete if it's a professional i think it's different and if you're a normal fan i think it's maybe even a little bit different i think it's a little weird if you're booing a college kid i think it's changing with nil but that's a whole nother rabbit hole that i don't really want to get into right now sure but i found that to be a big sign of okay like students students care they're not just showing up because K-State's playing. They're showing up because, A, they get to watch Nigel Pack play basketball, which I think many people – that's what's getting many people to Bramage right now. If they didn't have a player like Nigel Pack, I don't think a lot of people would show up. Um, not that they are anyway. But students care. And if you go and you look at the K-State Barstool account, when Courtney Messingham was about to get fired, it was a big fire mess. Like that was a big thing. If you look on their Barstool account again – You'll see fire Bruce. So I think the students care too. I think saying that the students care and they, they're still showing up out of loyalty. You still look at the student section. They get a third of the arena. That's impressive. That is their allotment. They get a third of the arena and they're not even filling up half of their allotment. Yeah, There's less than 2000 students. They're filling. There. They aren't even filling up the ICAT sections. Yeah. You don't even have to have ICAT. If you want to sit in ICAT basically is what, what the student section is right now. Like, yes, they're showing up, but is it as good as the alumni? I mean, the alumni are probably using maybe half on a good day. I think I don't even think it's that much better than the alumni attendance. It's, attendance is bad. No yeah. one care. The point is nobody cares right now. Okay, nobody let, cares about K-State basketball. Let me point this out that unless they've changed policy in the last few years, post COVID, their policy was altered a few years ago to be, Actual student attendance, actual general admission attendance, plus season alumni ticket sales. So because they recognize that you can't come to every game if you're coming from out of town. They just recognize that we're going to count you every game. You paid a lot of money. You might as well be counted. I don't necessarily agree with it. I really wish there was a movement in sports to um, list tickets sold and attendance as separate lines. Those are two separate things. And I, I just, I don't, it, the, the attendance wasn't 6,200 at Wednesday night's game. It just wasn't. I don't get it. I don't understand why more people aren't just showing up because it was Baylor. They were going to be, they were fun to watch, but Nigel Pack's fun. It was a fun first half. It was, but it was predictable. They played half a game. So, yeah, I think it's, it, it fascinates me how far we've come down the path. It's gone too far. Um, and it needs to be addressed unless they make the tournament, which is going to take a minor miracle. This team has not exhibited any ability to be that consistent to get the work done. For my answer to the question, I, I don't think this, the current you know state of K-State basketball is that bad. Obviously, K-State's had a few frustrating games this season. Last season, two seasons ago, was terrible, and that is you know warranting a three or 4,000 fan crowd. But K-State, they're only three games under 500 right now in the Big 12. There's still something left in the season, so I don't think that um, the fan base and the attendance really reflects how bad this team is. This team's competitive, and they're still playing some games. So I agree it's not pretty, but I I, I think that's 
well, two different things when looking at the fan base in the actual game. If you took this season as a, a standalone, yeah, you wouldn't get him fired. But, uh, I mean, he's burned it down twice now mm-hmm. and taking his damn time rebuilding it because he can't consistently recruit. It's a bamboo tree, Fitz. Yeah. Five yeah. years. It's Five years? Chinese. China. China. <laughs> Chinese bamboo tree. But actually, since his last time he burned it down, uh, we're at about five years, roughly. It's just crazy. The whole the whole thing is just maddening, and and the biggest problem now is is people aren't as much done with um, K State basketball as they are with Bruce. Mm-hmm. They're just exhausted of the excuses, exhausted of the the whole style of basketball. Um, when they play well, they're fun, but for the most part, it's just a struggle. The start of the second half, oh my god, they didn't know how to. It looked like they literally didn't know how to play basketball for a while. But not, I don't know. We'll see how it all plays out. But um, by K-State standards, anything around 500 should be unacceptable, particularly when you get to pick your non-conference schedule. Mm-hmm. You should be able to rack up enough. And I know the conference is good, but, man, don't have the worst house in the neighborhood. What if K-State, real quick here, were to be in an eight-team tournament in that you know Thanksgiving? What are those called? You know what I mean? They had eight teams. That's an extra game. They could have picked up a win. And it was that Florida, some small school that got canceled, A&M. That's two extra wins that K-State could have right now. That's just kind of a random thought, but K-State could be. I don't know what you're talking about. There wasn't a tournament this year, was there? Well, in Kansas City, I think he's saying instead of having four oh. teams there, there's typically. If you go well, but he team. couldn't do that this year because he was told to get in the tournament, and you're not going to get in the tournament with those wins. He had to. Part of the reason why K-State is. This is so screwed up. Part of the reason K-State is still in a conversation, and it's not wishing. They just need more wins, and they will get in the tournament. Their their computer rankings are strong. Why? Because they played, they lost, to Arkansas and Illinois. Sure. I I just find that— Marquette. And Marquette. I just find that so bizarre. For example— Iowa State, as I pointed out in my column today, they've lost three of ten, three of nine, three of nine in Big Twelve play because they beat Missouri, which really doesn't count. That's kind of like an AAU game. Um, and uh, since that streak started, Iowa State has risen in the Ken Palm. That doesn't make any sense. But they're playing in the Big Twelve; it's incestuous. And once the schedule gets established that you're really a bunch of badasses, then all you're doing in conference play is playing badasses. So it it's nuts. But yeah, you that's how it works. If you don't play good teams, we've seen it before. We've been down this path at Kansas State. Wildridge and Asbury would play absolute trash non-conference schedules and then wonder why they weren't in consideration for the NCAA tournament. Well, you didn't play anyone. And then you went 8-10 and 10 at – well, it was 16 games. You went 6-10 and 10 or 7-11. and 11. It was just crazy how bad they were. And we're back to accepting it, and I'm, I'm sick to my stomach about it. Next question comes from Duria. What are the odds of being able to keep Nigel Pack if Bruce Weber is fired at the end of the season? I don't care. Look, that's not a calculation you can put in here. You go hire the best coach. If you are going to make a hire, just hire the best coach, and it's up to them to try to keep him. At this point, the way the program's been, you can't convince me that Nigel's going to stay if Bruce stays. Exactly. Mm -hmm. He can say it, but it won't convince me. In fact, if I'm Nigel, I'm beginning to think that this isn't good for me because I need to be on a higher-profile team. For example, I was asked on talk radio on Wednesday, should he be first-team All-Big 12? Well, yeah. Will he? Probably not. He plays at K-State. Now, I think after last night, if he continues to do this, it's going to be undeniable he'll be first-team. But he could average a lot yet less and be at Baylor and be first-team. You can't worry about this stuff because if he leaves – There'll be someone similar in the portal. You go get him. This is this is a very interesting question. And, and, and to answer Durya's question, I think if Bruce is fired at the end of the season, he does have a greater chance of staying. And I, I, I still put at I still put the odds of Nigel leaving just be, based off of all of our interactions. And again, it's impossible to go inside the mind of a of a nineteen year old kid and and see what he's thinking at this very moment. But Nigel Pack has done everything he can possibly do for this year's team, and he's a main reason why K-State is even in the thinking um, for postseason play. But if you're Nigel, you know when that next coach comes in here, he will be, you will be, 
priority number one on his priority list. His number one priority will be keeping you here. He will be sure to say, you will be the leader. He will be the Jacob Pullen for Frank Martin. He will be the Rodney Magruder for Bruce Weber. That guy from the previous regime, he will be the guy that is in charge of everything. And I I think that's awful hard for Nigel to deny if I'm Nigel. Like, hey, I'm going to be the sole fo- the, the, the focal point of this. And if K-State gets a good coach in there, his game is only going to get better. So, again, I, I could maybe see it being one of those things to where he waits and sees – if K-State gets a new coach, who the new coach is, and then he enter, enters the portal. But I, 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 don't, I don't think the upside of Nigel transferring, if K-State gets a new coach, like what are, you're, you're playing for a different coach either way. So right. what's the point? I, I just I don't even know what to say anymore about these concerns. I mean, are you arguing that players stay for Bruce? Because they don't. I, I don't understand what you're saying. Yeah. They had to bring in three transfers because – They've had basically back-to-back empty recruiting classes before the pack class. Outside of Mike McGurl, the shelf life of a K-State oh. basketball player is two years. Yeah, Guess literally. what? Nigel Pack is at two years. Yeah, You've reached his expected shelf life. Anything you get after this is a bonus, if, if Nigel wants to say. Now, Nigel's a special player. Don't get me wrong, but he's not that quick. He's not explosive. I can see a lot of programs like... Well, he's getting his points because the rest of his team needs to be carried. He's not going to. Would he fit in Baylor? No. Would he fit in Lawrence? No. They're recruiting a different level of athlete. And I'm not criticizing Nigel. That's like taking Deuce Vaughn. Until Oklahoma offered Dylan Edwards, those programs wanted nothing to do with a five foot seven, five foot eight running back. That's. That's not what they want. They want the bigger guy that can do more things in their minds. It just doesn't fit their mold of player. I, we'll see what happens if, if there is a change in coaches. But I won't be surprised if they all get up and leave. Because that's what kids do these days at the flinch of any kind of test. I'm gone. I'm gone. But maybe the most damning thing about the state of the program not a single kid who's left this program has been worth a shh at any other program. Not one. Look at Missouri right now. That's the best player that transferred. He's the exact same guy. I think that has to give you some pause if you're pack, right? I mean, I, I get I feel like he's a little bit different and, and, and that's just me, but I, I don't know. It's 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 a, it is an interesting situation yeah. to say the least. Okay, well, continuing on this topic from the next question comes from I'm going to say it right this time, Imarica. Did I get there you it? go. There we go. There you got go. it right. Not Imarica. It's still. It looks like Erica. I'm sorry. It does. I thought it was a girl at one point. If you were Nigel Pack, what would make you decide to stay at K State for your last two years? Because it's awesome and Gills is here. Wow, I'm flattered. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know what to say to that. You're beloved? That's the only yeah. thing I could think of. I mean, the students love him. The students love, love Nigel Pack. And the other side of that is, as weird as it is, you don't have to change addresses to have a new coach. Because um, if you, you leave either way, I, I don't know. I, I, I can't read his mind. I don't know. Maybe he's thinking about leaving already. Maybe he's thinking about staying forever no matter what. I don't know what's going on in that kid's head. Because he's awfully quiet. He doesn't exactly come to a press conference and unload his emotions on us. So I hope he stays. And I hope if if there's a new coach, I hope it's someone likable that not only the fans rally about round, but it fires up the the players that want need to stay. Not want to stay, need to stay. Let's be clear about that. A new coach will clear out some of these players. Rightfully so. Um so I, I hope he stays. I hope he stays a long time. But if they don't hire someone that that fires up everyone, uh-oh. That's Look at Iowa State. I'm not impressed with who they hired. I think he's okay. But they love him, and they're fired up, and they'll run through a wall for him, and that, that can carry you for a couple seasons. Nigel Pack needs to realize that he is the superstar at Kansas State. And you mentioned it, Fitz. He's not going to be – he's going to win more games at KU and Baylor, absolutely, but he's not going to be the superstar. So – Take Joe Petrakis. Like, if you just want to be on a team that, if you want to play, then leave. Well, I guess K State wasn't winning when he was here, but 
he could still be on a Power Five program, right? It's whatever you want. And if you want to be a superstar, Kansas State would be your best option. I still think Nigel Pack could play at most. Uh, well, he, he, any most Power Five schools would take Nigel Pack. I don't think there's a single coach in the country that would say I don't want him on my roster. He may, like, like you mentioned, Ryan, he may not be the center point of the offense, but you can't tell me that Bill Self or Scott Drew's gonna be like, no, I don't want this kid. Like they would take him. They would take him. If you're good enough, they'll find a spot for you. Nigel Pack could pretty much probably go to maybe any school he wanted to in the country, maybe besides like a Kentucky or a Duke. I was just thinking he could probably ride the bench at Kentucky or Duke. Well, if yeah. Brady Manick went to North Carolina. <laughs> There's nothing yeah. stopping Nigel. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I just feel like – I and, and, you know, Fitz, I, I get the sense that he is a different kind of kid. Like we, we've mostly talked to Mark and Nigel throughout all of our time and – I just feel like there is a difference between those two guys and the rest of the team. And that's not saying anything bad about the rest of the kids, but those two guys want to be successful. And and you can throw Marquise Noel into this probably more than anybody else we've talked to. I absolutely love Mark's loyalty to his head coach. And I so appreciate how he's reformed himself and found a new beginning at Kansas State. But there had to be a but there, didn't there? But Mark, you weren't here for the last two years. You don't understand. It's not really about this season. It's about everything that's come up to this season and that the frustrations are spilling into a third season. And Even I, if they're much improved and they are, they're not improved enough. Well he doesn't you're right. He doesn't he doesn't understand that. And I don't necessarily think it's that that's his fault. Like I like Mark Smith just as much as I like any one of these kids. And we've talked about it before, Fitz. They're such a likable group. Like there's hardly any of these kids that you're like, they're not a good fit here. And I think that's what makes it so frustrating is because there is a a group of talented kids, more talented than they've had in the past, that feels like they're so close to succeeding. And if they get somebody in there who can just push them a little bit more, you feel like there could be some success there. Is there holes? Yes. But – I just think that if you're any of these players, not just Nigel, if you do get a new coach in here, I hate to say this, but it can only go up from here. From the last two years. By the way, Joe Petrakis, here's your Joe Petrakis update. I know you've been demanding this. (laughs) He has started all 26 games at Western Carolina. He he is a team captain. But he's only averaging eight and three and a half rebounds. 8.3 points, eight eight and a half rebounds. Um. Go, Joe. But he is a catamount. Yeah. Well, it's like David Sloan. He's a superstar at Eastern Eastern Tennessee State, I think. Mm-hmm. Which is – that's where Steve Forbes came from. There you go. I like Sloan's game, actually. I'm I, a little frustrated he left, but mm-hmm. I, I could see why. He's kind of a Nigel Pack at a lesser level. You know, he was maybe a step above where he needed to be, and that's a good lesson right there. Nigel wants to transfer to a – I don't even – Want to pull out of school at this point, but be careful. You might end up in a role, but you're right. Gills, you pointed out, do you want to be the star? Do you want to be the focal point? Do you want to be the leader? Do you want to be the big man on campus? Or do you want to be a cog in a bigger thing playing at a higher level? He might. That's a personal choice. I'm, I'm not here judging either one, but you better figure out what works for you. It, it always, that brings me back to what I tell people whenever they talk to me about starting their own business. The, the number one question you have to answer is, do you want to be a person that gets a steady paycheck every week for your work? Or do you want to go create that paycheck with the peril of failure? Because you, you're one or the other. You just don't know it. And you got to figure that out. And the same would be, be true for a player. Do you want to be the person or do you want to be part of something bigger? Either way, just be in the right place or you won't be happy. Fitz and Zach, since you guys have been covering this team and been closer on them for a while, I guess I should say this program, what player in the past shocked you the most when they decided to transfer? Curtis Redding. That goes back a long way. Somebody that I would know? (laughs) Yeah. Dominique Sutton, maybe? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that was kind of a family thing, but he had such a great career at Mm K-State. It was just kind of surprising that he wasn't going to close out his final year at at K-State. But that's that was point. that's mm-hmm. probably the only one Daniel Sams. Angel Rodriguez. 
Yeah. Angel. Angel a little bit. Yeah. Angel. Yeah. yeah. His was family too, right? No, his was Miami cheated. Okay. I'm just honestly, I'm, I'm just going to say it. My, there, there's no doubt that there was something that took place there. He stuck around for a year and then out of the blue was gone to Miami. <sighs> mm-hmm. Was that Frank Haith or Jim no, Larry that Nega? Was, that was Larry, <clears throat> mm-hmm. Larry Nega, whatever his name yeah. is. Old man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> looks like Larry David. He, he looks like the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> Uh, next question. I'm going to say it right this time. Zach comes to, comes from CFIDE. No. Too much. Too much. Too, too, too much. Too many e. <laughs> CFID. CFID. CF- I, I said that last time. ID. No. You, Bartender, you. I need a double. <laughs> Coming All right. up, Fitz. <laughs> what is your predicted finish for K-State in conference play, and why is it 5-2 and two or 4-3? and three? Yes. Hold on. What For the rest of the season? Yes, for the rest of the season, there's seven more games, regular season. Okay, let's just go through them, guys. That's the easiest way to do it. Now, I'm going to kill a little time while I surf through. The- Iowa State, at Iowa State on Saturday. Don't while be showing you get off there. with your memory. Got to order for While fits. you get there. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say loss, and that's not because it's this game or that it's on the road. I think they could very well win this game. I just think the Iowa State games, I think that they split. Okay, mm. well, let's set that aside here. Uh, you got West Virginia with Mini Monday, um, right? It's not Big Monday, is it? I mean, it's on it's a, Big ESPN Monday, but it's, it's on the it's on, not it's on the Deuce probably. Yeah, it's on the Deuce or ESPN Which News did, or you, that game will be a Deuce. Um, they got to win it. Period. They got to win their home games. Go to Oklahoma State. <laughs> depends think. if they win on. It depends if they win Monday. I'm gonna go between West Virginia and at Oklahoma State, one and one. I'll say two and zero. Oh. Mr. Optimism over here. I do think I, I think they'll beat West well, Virginia. I will agree. If you come out of those three games two and one, you're you're in the right position. You come out three and zero, oh, you're in really good spot. I don't well, see that. Which is why the Iowa State game is so important because you do maybe afford yourself a loss against Oklahoma State. Right. They go to Kansas. I don't know if you've ever heard of Kansas before. It's a pretty decent basketball program I'd like a Zach would you say above average I believe you so. know what, you want to know what happened the last time I K-State was just gonna say won that. a game in Allen Fieldhouse uh I had hair Jim Walters got fired that oh, season yes yeah. so okay. uh well we're gonna go ahead and give him a loss anyhow despite okay. that historical okay um Iowa State here gotta win that yes that's your true must win game of the season right yeah I'd go with that and West Virginia mm-hmm uh, you go to Texas Tech. I don't see that happening. And you get Oklahoma, which is a really, really. I wouldn't want to be Oklahoma because if if Bruce Weber's team is right there on the bubble, they're going to kick the crap out of Oklahoma. Yeah, that's the way it's worked. So let's let's go back and review. It didn't if, happen in 2017, though. Okay, quit bringing up facts. Okay, um, <laughs> if they go two and one in the next three. So do we think – Do we think? are we going to take a vote and we're going to be split 2-2 on if K-State beats Iowa State in Ames? I don't think it matters. I think that we we we're probably all would agree that they're going to split, go 1-1 one one versus Iowa State across the season, right? I actually think they will win on Saturday. I have you said Iowa win State both. sucks the whole year. You think yeah. they will win both? I'm assuming Gills is yeah. both. That would be enormous. If they – Saturday's enormous. It gets them in the right direction. It also breaks your win two lose two cycle that has happened quite a bit. Um, yeah, I. I mean, if they go two and one, they've got a real shot at getting the five wins in the regular season. The problem, guys, is they haven't shown that level of consistency. Yes, they should beat West Virginia at home. Yes, they should beat Iowa State at home. Yes, they should beat Oklahoma at home. But they should have beaten TCU at home. They should have done this and that. They just don't string these things together. Um, and that would probably be the biggest sign of why they belong in the tournament. If they do string these together into the season, it shows real growth. I think the magic number for them is five to get on the bubble, including the Big 12 tournament, and six to get in. So if they go five and two and win one in Kansas City. But... That's going to need to be beating someone of substance down the stretch. And none of the games we listed here are someone of substance. Iowa State. Unless they can beat well, KU. On, or according Texas to the computer, Tech. yes, but Iowa State. At some point the computer's gonna go, 
I got this whole thing wrong. But the Big 12 beats up on each other so much. I just feel like... Iowa State's in the tank. How they're going up every time they lose, it just... Oklahoma could be that team of substance at this point. Like we, we have no idea of knowing. They just beat Texas Tech at home. Yeah, true. So you're gonna go, you're gonna go in Kansas City, and as long as you're not playing a KU, Baylor, or Texas Tech, but they probably will. That's the catch. Because Oklahoma State is ineligible, only the two worst teams, which if you're winning these games, won't be you, will play on the first day. What an exciting first day, Texas Tech, Kansas City. And then Is they'll that what we're thinking? exactly if they're the seven seed, they'll catch a tech or someone if Kansas is the one seed. As long as they don't have to play Baylor or Kansas, I think they have a legitimate chance to win that first game. But K State should have beat KU at home this season. K State had a very good chance to beat Baylor in Kansas City last season. But they the, don't. the win over Baylor in seventeen was what got them in the tournament. That was seventeen. That was a good though. Baylor team. I mean, that, that was a better K State team than this. true. I, that's the problem. Is, anybody it, in Kansas is they're so close, but they don't close out on a regular basis. They get closed out on a regular basis. And once in a while, they find a way to win. So next question from Duria is winning the Big 12 tournament the only hope of a tourney bid no, at this point? No, and if no. they did, what seed would they likely be? No. That, the catch there is if you need to get to six and they only win four of these, they win two in Kansas City. That means they're playing in the championship game and losing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that gets you in. I don't No, you don't have to win. Winning would be well advised. Unless you go three and four. Zach, I like their chances if they win the tournament of getting in to the NCAA <laughs> tournament. I think they increase quite a bit. Interesting how the rules work. Yeah. Yeah. It's be a, very advisable. And you know what? If you're uh, Iowa State, that might be your only pathway at this point, especially if you lose Saturday to K-State. Well, they've done it. Damn it, they have. Hilton South, they call it. They, are, they, they freaking love Kansas City. This they, gets into your... Daytona... It's Daytona to them. It's actually Cancun to them. Oh, they like love Cancun. it so much. This gets into your this gets into your uh, tournament definition here, Fitz. Um, if K State is on the bubble, they will be a first four, right? Probably. That's what the bubble is. No, the first four, like You're in, in the first four. The what? The old bubble. The old first four out, which is... No, the I first can, four, they are playing Cole, in the first four. You make, a, 68. you make a very good point. If they get the five wins and they're 17 and... What would it be? 14? I don't even know at this point. 15? Fitz is oh, really good that's with horrible. Math. That's horrible. I mean, that just... But K-State doesn't have the name of a Syracuse or one of those schools that they pull that crap with. I know you were 17 and 15. We're going to put you in the first four. UCLA last year. Was right, but um, yeah, I freaking hate the first four. They're good enough to be in, put them in. Just make this a 64-team tournament. Dayton doesn't deserve nice stuff. I have nothing against Dayton. I just said that. You have nothing against the 16 seeds, do you? Or is it just the the 12, 11 seeds? Oh, yeah, because that's mathematically impossible. You cannot have two 11 seeds in in a bracket. It's stupid. Yeah, yeah. Just. I agree. Or if you want 68 teams, just send all 16 seeds to there. Yeah. It's not good TV. Well, you know what? If you want to watch basketball, you'll watch those games because they'll be competitive. And those guys are fighting for their lives because they know this is their probably their only shot at winning an NCAA tournament game. Mm-hmm. Last question of the first half comes from none other than Wagcat. Oh, that guy. Any comments on how the financial losses in 2021 could have any impact on Bruce Weber's position? Does the $10 million plus deficit what was an, once an NCAA tournament or bust mentality for Gene Taylor, or does the need for ticket sales make it an even more concrete demand? Yeah, this is a, it's a deep question because you look around that arena and a lot of the empty seats are sold. So they realize the revenue. They're just not getting the secondary revenue, which in that case would be the Shamrock Zone, which has to be well below what expected budget was, because they don't use it. it it's nobody. The people that no one's go allowed there, to go in. <laughs> the people that are allowed to go there aren't even parking their cars because we have to walk through their empty spots to get to the arena. Um, yeah, it's a valid point, but I think they have a line of credit that is being managed that it's it's fine. I think K State came out of that pandemic. I think Gene did a really good job with the pandemic. Considering what happened to ticket revenue and some TV revenue, I think they did a good job with what they were facing. They hire a good coach, assuming Bruce is done. Right, it doesn't matter. People are gonna, people will come back just because Bruce is gone. Not everybody, 
But some people will come back just because Bruce is gone. Sure, you might have a few people that leave because he's gone. But the overall net gain will be better because people will be more interested in the program. And then if you win, even more people will come back. So I, at the end of the day, I don't think it really matters. Your money, it'll, it's a return on investment. Unless you make a bad hire and then you're in the death spiral. Well, then Gene's gone, yeah. right? It, yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, the fact that they're still being able to get donations for construction pro- projects doesn't really make me feel worried about that's a good point about a ten million dollar loss. I mean, it's just kind of on paper, and, and I haven't even won the lottery and yet. And next that's, year, that's happening. You know, K State has consistently operated at a profit, barely a but, profit, and giving money back to the school. Right. That's got to stop. I'm sorry. That's got to stop. That's it's great for K State, but. When the university itself can't stand on its own feet, how is that athletics? Athletics gives money to the university through the visibility. It is a PR advertising leg of the university. The fact that K-State gives money back to the university just bothers me. Bothers me. I don't – yeah, whatever. You don't want to go on a 300-word rant? No. Okay. That's not working. That's not going to get it fired up. Is that it? That's it. Oh, I totally missed it. I was too busy talking. I'll shut up. We'll be back. GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat podcast continues after this short break. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to the Power Cat Podcast. Now, let's return to the GPC Studios. Welcome back to the PowerCat Questions Podcast, your weekly indulgence into Kansas State sports. That's a new word for me. Indulgence? Well, I've never used it on the podcast. I think that's a very nice word for this podcast. I mean, because it's like uh, a slice of cheesecake. We're not good for you, but you enjoy it. You know what else I enjoy? I enjoy the fridge. Make sure you stop in the fridge. They are a sponsor. They've been our sponsor for a very long time because they're freaking awesome. Sorry to mean to yell. Get into the fridge whenever you're in Manhattan and support all of our local businesses in this fine town. Leave your handguns in the car. I want to talk about that. I do. I do. We've had another shooting recently in Aggieville. What's happened to our little Aggieville, Zach? Zach, welcome to the olds. Um, what, what has happened to our little Aggie bill? We need to stop funding it, I guess. Are we becoming the commissioners now? All of a sudden, it's become everything I've said it isn't. It was so funny. I was listening to um, one of the podcasts. My grandpa wanted to listen to it. Little backstory: My stepdad got inducted into the Missouri Sports Hall of Fame. Um, he's a high school football coach. He got inducted and went down there on Sunday. I rode with my grandparents. They wanted to listen to the podcast, and it was just days after Fitz was saying how beautiful Aggieville is. Oh boy! Sadly, Friday night um, before we recorded, uh, there was a, an incident, and uh, it was just kind of it was kind of ironic. Uh, Cole informed us before the podcast that he was <laughs> hanging out with a certain group of friends <laughs> that he was hanging out with the last time during the last Aggieville incident. Thanks a lot, Cole. They, it's all Cole. They may or may not have been of the opposite sex. They may or may not have been attractive to Cole. Anymore, who can tell? But anyhow, that's not important. Uh, you're around another shooting, and yet you come across as a nice, clean-cut young man, and I don't buy it anymore. Have you heard the song Many Men by 50 Cent? Oh, yeah. Of course I have. <laughs> it's a good song. By the way, it's Fitty. <laughs> Quarter dollars, my grandpa would call him. Oh, nice. I like it. Uh, Quarter uh, dollar? I believe it's uh, half a dollar. You get it wrong on purpose just to 
to mess with me. I think the craziest thing about that shooting is I was working at a, an unnamed bar in Aggieville. And well, it has a name. You just can't name I it. I can't say not a sponsor it. Of this podcast. me out. It's unbelievable. Yeah. It's fake news. But probably 10 seconds after I looked at my phone from Cole saying there was a shooting, a cop car just comes flying through. What is that? 12th Street? 12th mm-hmm. of Morrow. That's yep. my journalistic ability. There it is. Right there. And then uh, Glenn Kinley, sports guy from uh, KSNT, was down yeah. there like 30 minutes later. I want to point out that Glenn is a good young – what the heck was that? <laughs> that was that, loud. That was definitely you? Definitely Zach. Oh, that was me. Um, I, I turned my sound back on to play the uh, Skip Bayless. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Stuff that happens in the break. Um, yeah, Glenn was down there uh, observing. He probably was just like uh, – probably grabbing a cheesesteak. And then there was a shooting. Could you imagine? You're just down there enjoying your time and just seeing it happen, just knowing that they're like, I'm going to have to do work here. <laughs> well, what stinks about it is a vast majority of the guys and gals who come over from Fort Riley are wonderful. They're fine. But <laughs> you just got – now we've had back-to-back shootings involving a soldier. Unfortunately, one soldier's dead. It's just awful. Um, but anyhow, go to Aggieville. Great transition for the next question. Great. Fantastic. Good job, Fitz. Go to the fridge. There's no shootings there. First question of the second half comes from none other than Wagcat once again. (laughs) Zach's over here with his fingers crossed. If there's shootings at my favorite liquor store, there's going to be hell to pay. I'm going to go all. Who's like an Avenger? Like a not an Avenger, Avenger, like a a person like Batman, I guess is what I'm going to say. I'm, I'm Batman. I'm going to try this again. This is from okay. Wagcat. Go ahead. Do you keep, Did you keep just trying. put an F on that? Yeah. Okay. Okay. This is just a question for Fitz. I want to clarify. It says question for Fitz. Fancy songwriter boy once asked me a personal question. Is Bruce Weber the single most polarizing coach K-State has ever had in any sport? Oh, uh, Ron Prince. Ron Prince was so polarizing. There were people that worshipped that dude who thought him wearing a cowboy hat after winning at Texas was so cool. And most of us quickly caught on. Ah, oh, he's a douche. Can I say douche? Mm-hmm. Is that okay? That's uh, probably fun. D bag. That's cleaner. D bag. That's also my rap name. But now you're also um, making it a bag. It's not just the word. True. Mm. Dirt bag. That's what I was trying to there say. You go. Uh, well, maybe from the start, because remember, there's people that protested Bruce's hiring, literally, and then supported him later. Bizarre. Who I think now have turned on him again. Odd, but uh, yeah, he's pretty polarizing. But at the end of the day, the problem I have with Bruce, well, it's not really a problem. The, the thing is, is he is a nice guy. He is well-intended. What he's saying about bamboo is meant to be nice. It comes off as just, what? Uh, you know, he just, well, you said it upstairs. He gets in his own way. He doesn't know when to stop talking. Like talking about the great fans at Iowa State. <laughs> That's like going home and telling your wife, yeah, she's a really hot chick. That might be true. She might be an incredible woman, but you don't tell your wife that another woman's hot. You just told your fan base, you think that fan base is sexy. And all we can think of, is it me? Am I Am I not what I used to be? How was that? That was good. And, and since this question was just for you, I'm going to go ahead and read the next one because you Segwayed right into it. Um, it's, um, it's a skill. This one is from Fitz's favorite, Adam K. 63. Oh, that jackass. Was Bruce Weber's timing uh, timing of the bamboo growing at a bad time in his career? He's got horrible timing with a lot of this stuff. <laughs> I, I have not been going to press conferences. I stay out there and listen to his post game and do my walk and talk. And honestly, it's my own way to mitigate risk. I, I don't want, if you know where the press conferences are, it's not a well-ventilated area, and it's rather confined. So I'm just like, I'm just going to stay out there. If I need to ask a question, I'll have you guys ask. And I listen to the usually listen to the post game. I couldn't hear it because a friend was talking to me, and he knows who he is, and he's listening right now. I missed the Iowa State comment. I had to find it later. But uh, what was the question, Jesus? <laughs> the bamboo. Bamboo. Uh, yeah, that uh, – that was unbelievable. I didn't have to be there. I don't have to be anywhere now because Twitter lights up with all the guys in the room tweeting about <laughs> it. And I got a video guy who put up incredible video. 
The best part about everything is he's sitting there. I'm not going to do my Bruce impression. Good. I'm not because it was, it was spot on on your radio show. It? it was okay. It was, it was okay. okay. I'm not going to do it. But the best part is, is he was talking about a bamboo tree grin, and then he was standing up and walking away. Like, yeah, he just, <laughs> he just. It's like he got part into that and realized, why am I here? The the best part about everything was afterwards. I saw Tom Gilbert, sports information director of men's basketball, not related to Ryan, and I would hope not. I said, wow. oh, we love you, Tom. I said, Tom, I got a question for you. Are you going to transcribe the bamboo tree? And his only Tom could say, oh, no, I just wish I could have stopped the Zoom. <laughs> it's, it's actually valid. That's Tom being aware that no, coach, no, yeah. no. Everybody in the room was like, Okay, like where where is this going? Like I wish I could have been sitting next to Ryan because I probably would have looked at you like, <laughs> like my, I'm sitting there like, and Mark and Nigel are both literally like looking down, like trying not to make eye contact with anybody else in the room because they know this is the most embarrassing thing that they've ever heard. What did Bruce say when he walked in? Oh, he almost fell. Oh, the referee. Oh, yeah. Yep. I should have clipped that, too. Yeah. Oh, he, uh, yeah. That's right. But it didn't make any sense because he said I would fall down and they'd call a foul on them. And I was like, what? Yeah, Bruce Curtis, he made fun. Was... He made fun of the refs. He walks in. He almost falls down into, like, the backdrop. And he goes, yeah, if I would have fell down, the, the referees probably would have called a foul on them, too. Didn't make, didn't make any sense. No, foul on me. No, he said them. Oh, he said them. He was certain his players. I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know. It, he was it trying was... to be funny, and you know, I'm still waiting. For, uh, I'm still waiting for my bamboo to grow. I like that setup. How coach was there, and the players were beside him, and then boom, we were gone. It was Probably a 20 saved. minute press conference. We still saved a few minutes, though. I bet. Well, he wasn't on radio no. very long. I was shocked that in the short mm-hmm. conversation I had, I missed the radio segment. That press conference was 10 minutes too long. Really? Yes. You should. They lost. They got their butts kicked in the second True. half. But the, there's no amount of explaining away what you did in that game. But in the, fairness, Bruce talks all the time. Yeah, he does talk a lot. But one of the things that's going on in the media now, and this isn't a criticism. Well, it is. But there's there's been such an overturn in who's in the media. I mean, a few years ago, I wasn't even close to the oldest guy in the room. And now I am. I'm 107 years old in media years. <laughs> um, there's so many people now that attend these things that ask questions to simply ask a question. They don't need the answer. They don't want the answer. They're not going to use the answer. They just want to be on the record asking a question. And that that adds up, particularly when the person consistently goes back for a second and third question and you literally want to go, are you going to use this for anything? Because I never see you use this for anything. Now, sometimes I'll ask questions just so I have knowledge about something. But for the most part, when I ask a question, I need the answer for something we're doing at GoPowerCat.com. But a lot of people now just, I'm, I should ask a question at this press conference. I go I go a lot of press conferences without asking a question. I, if someone else asks, I need this and that, you guys have asked it, go ahead. I'm off the hook. Now, my big trick, and I'm sharing a little trade secret here, um, they usually type up the, like the first three, maybe four answers. So if I need something for a column the next day, like I'm not on deadline, I always ask first because then they'll type transcribe it for me and I'll have it. If you need a deadline, you need a deadline, but I'm rarely doing that anymore. I like how you just said, I'm not, if I'm not on deadline, like if you ever are. <laughs> well, sometimes I'm writing that night, but now, now I don't. But yeah, I'll, I'll sneak those in early. So that I have them transcribed for me because I'm a lazy son of a, you know what? Hmm. Not that my mom is. My mom said, well, I'm a lazy son of a saint. That's okay. a, I actually like that. I'm going to keep that son of a saint. Okay. All right. Adam K. Love 63 you, wants to know once again, has there ever been a sophomore slump to the extent Davion Bradford has exhibited this, this year? He went from stud to dud. He's just out of shape. It's, it's a fine line for big men. You you lose your conditioning, you lose your strength, and I could tell. The game's there. The body won't do it. You see him regularly do stuff that he did last year that doesn't get done. He finished around the rim last year. Now he can barely get up there sometimes. I feel bad for him. It's, he's got to be frustrated, and it just comes down to trying to stay healthy and, and be in shape, but 
this program never stays healthy. Uh, and that that's not an indictment. Of, I'm not criticizing Bruce. I just think something's wrong here. There's something going on that is bigger than what we understand. There's too many foot injuries, leg injuries. Maybe it's the court they play on. We blame the practice facility. It does seem it started then. Everyone at K-State gets mad when you say that. That's fine. Well, something's going on, guys. You can say nothing's going on, but we all know it is. There's just too many injuries, particularly the big men. They can't keep a big man healthy at all. At all. It's weird. I don't understand how he can be so good his freshman season. Exhibit so much potential to the point where you feel like him and Nigel are going to be the cornerstone. Absolutely. I mean, at the end of the season when they were starting to play better, you're like, okay, you're going to have Davion Bradford and Nigel Pack be those guys for four years who can, you know, for three more years who can hopefully turn K-State around. And it's amazing how it changes 365 days later. Injuries to a big man. You get out of shape so fast. Like, I, I jammed a pinky, and then I got fat. It happens really fast. I never thought Bradford was that good. Last oh, season. last year he was really effective at mm-hmm. times. For a big man, a freshman big man, looking at him at, and from that, uh, from and measured against expectations, and that's another thing. Maybe yeah. he's measured against his last year's expectations instead of we thought he'd be a project coming out of high school. But he has dropped off quite a bit. It's very disappointing. And as much as everyone's frustrated with it, I'm sure it's maddening to him that his body isn't responding when he asks it to jump or, you know, have a follow or a rebound or anything. His body just doesn't execute the command as well as it did last mm-hmm. year. It's it's maddening. The one thing that's frustrating with Bradford, and I get there's a lot of valid excuses, but go up strong with the ball. You know, when you're down in the post, you're bigger and I don't want to say fatter, but you probably weigh more than you did this time last year, right? Go up and be strong. Why, why are we fading away and, and not being strong and drawing contact? You know these refs are probably going to you know like to blow their whistle and call a foul. So that's the one thing that you know I get. Going up and down the court, you're not fast enough. You're out of shape. I get that. But go up and be strong. There is absolutely zero excuse for that. He just doesn't have any explosion to his jump anymore. He, he used did, to dunk everything last year. Yeah. He had like a four-dunk game. He's just dunking everything, dunking on people. He was mean. He was pushing people around. And that's another thing. I think the refs have called so many fouls on him, he's scared of contact now because he just gets called for fouls. Mm. Now, he does do stuff. He's got some bad habits that get him into foul trouble. But, man, he just – I feel bad for the kid. I hope he finds his game again because I think he could be a really good basketball player, and he's he's a great young man. And one thing that always does bug me a little bit about Weber is work the refs a little bit more. Make him call that mm-hmm. foul. Mm-hmm. He really – he does. He's too nice. He, well, and when he's – when he does get aggressive, they don't take it from him. They – he gets teed up really quickly compared to other coaches. I mean, you can look at – Huggins can <laughs> can tear down everything that the ref's ever done in his life and then criticize his mother and he doesn't get a tee. So it's, yeah, it's, it, it translates to points on the floor. It really does. Next question comes from El Camino Cat. What are your thoughts on the revamped football staff? Excited, meh, or disappointed? I, I, I'm okay with it. I mean, I think they needed, the two changes need to be made were made. And now I want to see who they hire in some of these analyst roles and, it, it all gets back to this, and I've said it in every podcast. They just don't have enough people. I really believe that. And that gets back to Wag's first question in the, earlier in the podcast about the budget. They, the money's not there to expand the staff right now. Eventually, they're going to have to figure out how to more, have more people in there because they're undermanned compared to other like programs. And I'm not saying Texas. I'm saying Oklahoma State and Iowa State, those type of programs. I just feel like they don't have enough people on the ground doing the job. But I think Chris Kleiman's got a good sense when he's going out and hiring people. And note that he's not necessarily going back to his North Dakota State roots anymore. He's branched out from that. It gave him his base. He he knew if he brought in, you know, the three or four guys from North Dakota State, they would be um, a good platform that understood how he wants to do business. But one of those guys was Jason Ray. Another one of those guys was Courtney Messingham, and they're both gone. So he's moved on from that, and now he's trying to put together a Power 5 staff, bring in Power 5 
people that have either played or kind of proven they belong there. I love this hiring, uh, specifically if that ward, um, the receivers coach, and I love it for a multiple for multiple reasons, but I think the best one being that you're right, Fitz. He's not a North Dakota State guy. That's huge. I mean, the fact that Chris Kleiman is showing that he is able to adapt, he's able to adapt to his to, to Kansas State to do things differently than what he did at North Dakota State. That's huge. Well, if you don't know, he played receiver at Central Florida, UCF, as they demand to be called. And I keep explaining to the fans. Well, around here, we don't know what UCF is, okay? It's a, it's a process here. We need to say Central Florida a few times for them to understand that. But he's from that Central Florida area, and that is absolutely an area where Kansas State needs to be working. There's a lot of talent. It's now going to be in the Big 12. I like it on that level, but I've heard he's a good position coach and an overall good recruiter. And I will add to that, I think another reason I'm so excited is you get a young African-American coach at a position that is needed to where you need a voice like that, right? You have young black kids, plainly put, that are dealing with Courtney Messingham. I mean, there's divide there. If you haven't been on a football team, if you haven't been around uh, a specific culture, and I have no idea if, you know, Courtney Messingham could have been beloved by his players. He wasn't. but But, right. I mean, it's pretty safe to say that he wasn't. I think that there is something to that, and maybe not necessarily for this group, but to be able to develop relationships with kids, um, I, I think that's huge. And not if white or black, right? Courtney Messingham did not develop those relationships. Mm. That is what he is known for, right? He's known for recruiting. He's known for developing those relationships. If you read um, our very own Ryan Wallace put a piece up about him, how the former players just absolutely adore the guy, right? White or black, it doesn't matter. But I do think having a black coach specifically on a staff that it needs some more diversity. That's just the bottom line. You have you have some diversity, but you need some more diversity yeah. at this university in general, right, in this football program. So I think you hit a home run. Not only did you get a very good receivers coach, you got a good, you got a good recruiter, and you got a very good football coach in general. Now, here's the downside. We have no idea who this man's going to be hiring next because we used to go back and trace his roots and try to figure out who with whom he's overlapped with. We spent so much time surfing through – FCS wide receiver coaches <laughs> trying to see if there's a connection or something. And here's an observation to build off what you just said, Cole. There are a lot of old white guys coaching receiver at the FCS level. Mm-hmm. A lot of old white guys. I feel like I could be a receiver coach at the FCS level. Just saying. I've got most of the criteria there other than football. Okay. That's a hole in my resume, but I am old and I am white. I'd love to see you try running a 40. <laughs> I could drink one. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Um, next question comes from I Like Pickles Cat. Assuming sliced bread had his facts straight. Who Who is sliced bread? Is this, this an is the joke? Texas? It's Texas A&M, Jimbo Fisher, signing day. Okay. D- unaware. I, I'm not aware he, of this. He, he, I'm pretty sure it was on CBS HQ or 24-7. It was, a, it was an interview. And he, slice, who's sliced bread? Sliced bread was some message board poster claiming that uh, okay, yeah, I'll Texas get to A&M I'll get to spent story. $30 million dollars. Oh, on their recruiting class. Right. And Jimbo Fisher said, I don't know if sliced bread posting on Bro Bible or whatever. It was, it was an incredible, I don't know what the exact quote is off the top of my head, but it was an incredible quote. Okay. So Pickles yes. wants to know, assuming sliced bread had his facts straight and $30 million essentially bought Texas A&M the best recruiting class in history. Is there any better use of money in college sports? Honestly, yes. Can, but, can we check back on this in a couple of years? I mean, if that happened... Good point. If that happened, what type of players have you brought in? Are they even interested in being part of a team or listening to a coach? Folks, the NIL isn't some godsend. If you you get a player for $5 million, they better be really good and extraordinary in their character because you just bought a player. This isn't professional sports. I'm – I'm not as worked up about the NIL as everyone else, but I do think Kansas State needs to look at ways to work it. However, I the NCAA has got to step in at some point and make it crystal clear. Schools, you cannot participate in the NIL process other than to advise players of what they can and cannot do. 
you can't be organizing, funneling, participating in any way in the payments. But a point to that is they aren't part of the uh, of the team or part of the institution until they sign that letter of intent. So if there's any money promised before from an institute, I mean, it gets into what is the NCAA doing if they're not overseeing any of this? Well, I mean, it's still a recruiting violation, but they don't enforce the rules that they right. have, let alone this. It's If the NCAA – I almost sense now the NCAA is like, F it. You guys want to do this? Go do it, man. And at some point, you're going to realize this didn't work. We better figure out how to fix it. I think the NCAA has just decided we're going to be voted out of existence here pretty soon, or at least by the Power Five institutions. Go crap on your streets. Go do whatever you want, and then we'll talk to you later. I just almost sense that's going on with the NCAA because they're completely useless right now. I think this kind of paints a picture, though. Texas A&M, Texas A&M is probably maxed out on what they can do with facilities because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. all this donor money that people talk about, you know, Texas, wherever, doesn't matter. Anyone with a big fan base like that, they have their big donors. They've spent all their money over the last two decades that's on facilities. How many more facilities can they do? At this point, they're going to be renovating locker rooms and, you know, what? Putting in money into stuff that's – they're not going to have to put as much money into Was it A&M getting new stuff. Was it a new indoor practice facility when their old one was perfectly fine, but someone gave them the money and they're like, well, we got to spend it. So we're going to abandon this perfectly good facility for a better one. If it's true or false, I don't care. I believe it. If you told me Texas A&M did something with money, I would believe you. That's kind of the point here. They've run out of money or they've run out of things to, to spend, spend their money on. So they're giving it away for free. I'm telling you, I truly believe my nonprofit idea is untouchable by the NCAA. Zach's got something on his mind. Oh, I was going to say something after the podcast, but okay. we can cut this he, out. He's, 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 no, we're going <laughs> to leave it in. Okay. He's, it's a secret plot. I thought you were going to go into something, but you it's didn't. It's a secret so. plot. Okay. Last question of this podcast that's taken us about two years. Um, it's not two years. It's it got off to a, a slow start because Gills was late. Well, and then we had to talk about stuff. We like we're like a, a pack of I'm not going to say sorority girls. I didn't say sorority girls. You get together and we just got to gab for a while. We okay. miss each other. Yeah, from Ohio Powercat. Well, that's a guy in Ohio. Okay. Yeah, welcome. Will a great season from the Batcats be enough to get people excited about K-State sports again? It seems like the men's basketball season has really killed any excitement we had after the bowl win, or do we have to wait until next fall? I think it's self-contained. I don't think your displeasure with basketball fills into football or baseball. or That's one of the things I like about K-Staters. Uh, they're not blindly loyal. I'm going to just say, like Iowa State fans, I mean, I don't understand. I, I don't get it. I Look, I love my school as much as anyone, but... 14,000 fans are showing up for that basketball team after they lose over and over. After they score 45 points. Oh, my God. But um, K-Staters will support any sport once they get good. If women's basketball hadn't had some untimely losses after some of their great games, I think there'd be a lot of people at women's basketball right now. And I think if Coach Hughes gets baseball rolling, and it's a fun product, it's not just about winning. you got to be entertaining. It's a fun product. Toyton will be full. It'll It'll be fun. Mm-hmm. If the weather cooperates, it's always a challenge in this area. But, yeah, I, I don't think that will spill over. In fact, I think it's counterintuitive. I think if basketball's bad, if baseball's somewhat good, we saw at the end of last year, people will buy in. Hey, this doesn't suck. I'm going to go do it. And uh, that's just the truth. I think baseball might benefit from basketball being so bad, but now they got to carry their water. they got to do their own thing. Yeah, well, that'll be a challenge. I, I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about them a little bit more as uh, we get closer to the season. We talk about the transfer portal. Holy yeah. Crap. It, they, the way they're using that is it's the best amongst any of the school or any of the sports it's, at K-State. It's more typical of baseball because they've never had to sit out. Right. Yeah. I mean, players move around, but they've got – they're starting pitchings from what – Arkansas, Arizona, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Did I get that right? Mm-hmm. Wow, look at that. Wow. That's impressive. It's yeah. impressive that you knew it. I think it's even more impressive that they got players from those programs. Very impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, that's what I think that's what makes K-State baseball such an interesting product this year. I mean, they're not going to be good right away just because they got to gel together. And and it's cold. I mean, it's been warm, but it's cold. Basically, all those players are like, holy crap, they didn't tell me it'd be this cold. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, yeah. 
bunch of transfers everywhere. But I do think that um, now with full capacity, even though it's not full capacity in the press box. I don't, don't haven't start. figured that out. Um, it will. There's only will 12 up. seats anyway. Like people will to, show up. No need to freak out about media seats. People will show up. I think people will be excited for baseball. It's going to be a good product. I don't think. I think it, like you said, fits. It's very self-contained. People are still really excited about football. I mean, compared to a year ago, I think the excitement for K-State sports in general is just way up. So yeah, I mean, let's not let's not get it twisted. People get mad about basketball a lot, but that means a lot of people still care. Right. So take that for what it's worth. Right, and we're seeing the next step of that. We're seeing people that like. Whatever. Whatever. Yeah, I don't think that if baseball's good, I don't think it's any indication of how excited or unexcited K-State fans are about K-State sports. I think K-State fans are generally passionate about K-State sports. And if the baseball team is good, like we've seen in the past, they will show up. Mm -hmm. Especially with... It's, what is this, the third... This will be the third season, theoretically, of having... season. Third... Is it a full season? Because they it was twenty twenty was when it got canceled, and that was when they're going to have the big shiny new stadium. Oh right? yeah, yeah. So this is only the second yeah. really full state, and even last year, limited capacity. There's still some limited capacity. So this is the first real opportunity to go see this baseball team in kind of a shiny new updated stadium, and this could be one of the best baseball teams that has played at K State in some time. So you know, I think that that says enough about. Especially coming off of how bad basketball season has yeah. been, it says enough saying, hey, give it a chance. Go out there. Cheer on the cats. The sickly pine trees are gone. It's amazing. The view gone. The view from the baseball stadium is amazing, especially when you see night games and Bill Snyder Family Stadium is going to be lit up with the purple tent. I'm telling you, it's going to be beautiful. I love the new T-I-N-T. Tent. Not T-E-N-T. Hmm. Purple tint? Yeah, you've never seen this? They've tinted the lights at mm-hmm. Bill Snyder? Mm-hmm. Purple? Mm-hmm. Like, Are you talking about the inside glow mm-hmm. thing they do, not the outside? Mm-mm. Okay. Do you, do you, actually <laughs> do you have words? words? Do you have words <laughs> in your mouth? <laughs> um, yeah, but then eventually they'll build the <sighs> Olympic Training Center. Right it look there. even better then. And that's when I'm going to win the lottery and I'm going to donate money. And since they sold the rights to the volleyball facility, someone else, I'm going to just have a giant mural of Fitz laying like George Costanza on the couch on the roof of the Olympic training facility. So everyone watching baseball will get to see me lounging sexually. I'm going to pay them $5 million for that. I think you overpaid. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Power Cat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Power Cat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance. Avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount Plus.